This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Your midweek edition of Rico Bronia. How's everybody doing? Evan Roberts, Pete Hoffman. Uh, the focus of today's Rico will be something we talked about a few months ago that we'd have fun doing, and that's taking a look at the two aces of the New York Mets, Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, and basically comparing them and breaking them down and and figuring, okay, as they begin, Verlander begins his Met career, Scherzer starts year two with the Mets, where do they stand in baseball history? Who is the better all-time pitcher? So we'll do a deep dive on Max and Justin We'll also talk about who should start on opening day. I put out a Twitter poll a few days ago. It garnered some interesting results and some interesting comments. So we'll examine Verlander versus Scherzer, obviously predating the Met days, and then also Verlander versus Scherzer in terms of opening day and what to expect in 2023. A couple of things to get to before we get to the topic at hand. Number one, Billy Epler decided to open up his mouth. Billy Epler decided, I'm going to talk to the media, and I'm going to talk about Darren Ruff. What's interesting about Darren Ruff, and I apologize to the audience, is I have attempted to make believe Darren Ruff doesn't exist this entire offseason. I don't think I've mentioned his name. I don't think I've ever talked about him whenever we've mentioned the DH spot, because I've always assumed that they will get rid of his ass. That at some point, Billy Epler will just cut him, that they'll just trade him and pick up a part of his contract like they did with James McCann. I just didn't think they would bring Darren Ruff back. And even though we're a few weeks away from spring training, and even though we'll examine what Billy had to say about Darren, I still sort of remain on that side, that I'm still skeptical that Darren Ruff is on the New York Mets come opening day 2023. But Billy Epler did an interview with Pat Regazzo of SI, and here's what he said. Darren Ruff has a long track record of hitting left-handed pitching. 
He hit left-handed pitching in 2022 and in 2021. Unless some things have materially changed, we would bet that skill still still exists in him. (laughs) So he's not wrong, right? I mean, as much as we don't like Darren Ruff for the time he spent with the Mets and as bad as he was, he did have a track record of hitting left-handed pitching. A part of why I didn't hate that trade at the time was because of that track record, because the numbers exist that Darren Ruff is a guy who can hit left-handed pitching. But sometimes when a guy struggles as much as he struggled with the Mets, you got to ask yourself something. Well, why did that happen? Is there a reason why that happened? Is this a guy that was hurt? Is this a guy that can't handle New York? Or did he just forget his skills, which is a tough one to believe. I mean, this isn't Space Jam here where the Monstars are taking his skills away. In the midst of a season, Darren Ruff lost it. Last year or the previous year with the Giants, he was a really productive player against left-handed pitching. So you examine, okay, what the hell happened to him? Is it New York? Is it that he forgot his skills? And I wrestle with it because I can't assume he can't play in New York. Can I assume that he had a couple of bad at-bats early and that started to spiral, that it became like an avalanche of things? I don't know. It's tough to really figure what happened to him, but I fall along the lines of most people listening, which is I don't want to find out. Like, I don't think that there are certain players you got to run back thinking, oh, but the resume is so good. So Jay Bruce was terrible after the Mets traded for him in 2016, but I saw enough of in his resume to say, I'd bring him back. I wouldn't give up on him. I wouldn't just assume the guy can't play here. Because the Mets have other options, other guys that can fit that role as a right-handed DH, I would rather just sunk cost, move on, not play the game of trying to figure out what went wrong with him, and give other guys a chance. I don't think he's good enough to just run back and say, well, we trust the track record. Let's see what we got. You have other options. Vientos is an option. Alvarez is an option. In a weird way, Eduardo Escobar is an option as a right-handed DH. If it means better defense with Guillaume playing third base or Britt Beatty getting a chance to play lefties and righties. Like there are ways to find your right-handed DH besides just running it back with Darren Ruff. I assume you agree with me, Pete. (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, I feel like this is the... I want to prove to you that I'm right with picking up Darren Ruff to begin with, and I'm gonna re- I'm gonna double down my bet. I'm I'm smarter than everybody else, whether it's Epler or somebody else in the system saying that I'm smarter than you, and that's why we're gonna double down with him. Same thing with Vogelbach. I mean, th- they're doubling down with him again. And listen, if you want to run one of the two back, I guess Vogelbach's the guy. But why are we doing the same thing over again? It's called insanity to do the same thing over and over again. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I I don't think it's fair 
to put Vogel back in the same sentence as Darren Ruff. I, I get that they were both trade acquisitions in 2022, but one guy could not hit. One guy could not hit, and the other one was still pretty productive against right-handed pitching. So the one thing I'd reject is I wouldn't put Vogel back and Ruff in the same sentence as a sunk cost. It's just not fair. That's 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 fine. I I get it, but again, it's just that that the whole thing of they're still trying to force feed us an idea. And you're right, Vogel back. That's fine. But Ruff, we've talk, I, I made a joke about this before the season ended or during the playoffs or whatever the case is. I'm like, this guy's going to be back on this team again. It's going to happen. And someone made a point. I think that Cohen will be able to find a way to eat three million dollars. And I'm like, well. It's it's bigger. It's different than Cohen. It's not a Cohen thing. It's a again yeah. trying to outsmart the system. Oh, it's not a Cohen. It's not a money thing. Look what they ate on James McCann. Like look what they did. They rid themselves of James McCann because they agreed with the idea of look, Omar Narvaez is a better option. We have Alvarez. We have Michael Perez, and obviously we have Tomas Nito. Let's just get rid of him. I honestly think, even though I disagree with it, and you'll disagree with it that a part of why they haven't done anything with Darren Ruff is they may not necessarily believe in the right-handed options that they have as much as we do. Like, we saw how much they couldn't stand Mark Vientos last year. Buck Showalter never wanted to play him. Uh, we saw how hesitant they were to call up some of their younger bats. So I don't think it's about money. I don't even think it's about ego. I think it's about they actually just disagree in terms of the options they have at right-handed DH. The one other thing Billy said about the DH spot was, how will it be utilized? And he said, there's a number of different ways we can utilize the DH on any given night. We can use it for workload management purposes and matchups. That's ultimately what we'll use spring training and the conversations with the coaching staff to figure out, which by the way, it should be used for everything. Like I, I don't love the idea of clogging the DH spot up, DH spot up with one guy. And I think the way the Mets are built, depending on if Beatty and Alvarez get an opportunity early on, that could be a fluctuating spot. I mean, you could see a lot of different guys getting time at DH, along with, hey, I want to give Jeff McNeil a day, but I want his bat in the lineup. Hey, I want to give Lindor a day, but keep his bat in the lineup. Hey, I want to give – I mean, we could go down the list. You could do it with almost everybody. Like, you can literally DH every single guy on this roster once a week in an effort to keep them fresh. Um, I still don't think – and call me out if I'm wrong on this – I do not believe Darren Ruff will be on the opening day roster in 2023. I think you're wrong. I think he'll be there. Okay. He's, he's gonna he's gonna be there because if that was the case, I mean, what what are, are they waiting to see how how his spring training goes? Which we all know spring no, training is terrible. I think there's a lot of reasons why he's here. Number one is, hey, let's bring him to camp and see if he can hit. I mean, if he comes into spring training and it's 055 and picks up where he left off, then they may just ultimately cut him. Or let's say there's an injury in another camp. And all of a sudden, there's more of a market for a Darren Ruff than there is today. They can trade him right before opening day. That happens. Like, that, that's a thing that occurs. So I think there's a lot of reasons why you would actually bring him to spring training and have him not make the roster. You make me laugh about this market for Darren Ruff. There's no, there was no market for Darren Ruff. The only people that were stupid enough to trade for him were the Mets. And they traded four yeah, guys to get him, which is why it's like, oh, we have to try to force feed this. You don't know who's going to get hurt in spring training. I get you that. You just don't. Like, guys get traded sometimes right before opening day in roster crunch situations. And a team may see Ruff saying, oh, we can get him for free. We could really use that kind of player, and they take him. Look, we're going to find out. 
Now, we're going to find out in about two months who's right or wrong. I'm just telling you, I still have a gut feeling he's not on the roster. If he is, I, I take the L. I hope you're right. That's all I can say. The other thing from this week is the cryptic comment Buck Showalter made about Jake in which he said DeGrom told him he thought he'd be back. He'd love him to tell him the whole story someday. You know, I read this and I saw a lot of reactions to this. As a big Jacob DeGrom guy, I just want to move on right now. Uh, At some point, I'd love to know the whole story, but I have a feeling the whole story is going to piss me off. And I don't want to be pissed off. I want to be optimistic going into opening day. So I saw it. I sort of rolled my eyes and said, I don't know what the truth is. You know, most Met fans just repeat what they're told, which is Jake didn't want to be here. He chose to leave. Like I saw a guy on Twitter tweet that, and it was a part of me wanting to like argue with him and say, you know, Texas offered a lot more, right, pal? Like, you know, don't compare what Jeff McNeil said in his press conference to DeGrom. McNeil wasn't a free agent. Like Jeff McNeil wasn't offered an eight-year deal by the Dodgers and said, but I love New York and stayed. So I don't want to get pissed off by my fellow Met fan, but when people say that, it just drives me nuts. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it this week. I am looking forward to spring training. One podcast we'll do on the eve of pitchers and casuals reporting is the geekiest thing, but I love it. And that's breaking down the roster and looking at who will make the roster, who won't make the roster, their options when it comes to, well, who has options, who can't be sent down? Uh, what were the, some of the invites to spring training that they have? Who could battle to make this roster? How many spots are actually up for grabs? So we'll do that in a couple of weeks because believe it or not, we are a few weeks away from spring training.